0: Hey, this is Mike Strucken from the Labor Force Podcast. I'm proud to be part of the Labor Radio
1: Podcast Network, with more than 200 labor radio shows and podcasts from across the country and around the world. The Labor Radio Podcast Network, where working people speak. Find us at laborradionetwork.org.
0: I will just go along with whatever you say and answer any questions you got for me.
1: I'm oh. not scared. That's a a dangerous, dangerous thing to say. I could ask you all kinds of stuff.
0: And I'll answer anything you got to ask me. I am an open book.
1: (laughs) Hello to the working people of Southwest Washington. You're listening to episode 41 of Working to Live in Southwest Washington, produced by the Southwest Washington Central Labor Council. Like the bumper you heard at the top of the show says, we're also a proud member of the Labor Radio Podcast Network, with over 200 radio shows and podcasts for working people just like you. Listen to some of the other shows in the network, and you might just hear my voice on one of those bumpers. Find out more about the network at laborradionetwork.org. I'm Harold Phillips, and before we get started, we want to remind you that the views and opinions expressed on this show are not necessarily the views and opinions of the Southwest Washington Central Labor Council. Its affiliate unions are guests' unions or employers, not even your local plumber or pipe fitter or sprinkler fiddler fitter or steam fitter. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, no, nobody but theirs. Okay. So folks, why am I talking about plumbers, sprinkler fitters, all the rest? Well, look, the Southwest Washington Central Labor Council is made up of nearly 40 union locals, and those locals cover almost a thousand, maybe over a thousand working people in our region who do a lot of different jobs. Some of them are office workers. Some of them are firefighters. Some of them are healthcare workers. Some of them are actors and podcasters, and some of them are members of United Association Local 26, which represents plumbers, pipe fitters, service technicians, steam fitters, and a bunch of other specialized crafts. We just happen to have a member of UA26 here with us today, Ray Connor. And he's not just a UA26 member. He's also the newly elected president of the Southwest Washington Central Labor Council. Thanks for joining us, Ray. Thank you for having me, Harold. So, Ray, you were elected president in January, and it's late February now. How's that been going? It's kind of a transition for you, yeah?
0: Yeah, it is. I was a sergeant at arms in and all I did was hand out, you know, candy canes and sign people in. But now I have actually a job. Well, a better job, maybe a better job. But as president, I just run a meeting. And then I'm supposed to show up for uh, different labor activities that happen during the month and show my support and organize candidate interviews. I've done this kind of stuff before. I've been the pack chairman of my local for 15 years, and uh, I was the vice president for 12 years.
1: You said you were the PAC chairman. What does that mean?
0: That's a political action committee. Uh, okay. A lot of what we do in labor is political. We have to have the laws that help us maintain our market share and have to have laws on the books to protect our workers. And these things are done at the state and the federal level. And and you need people to go and ask the questions of the candidates and find out which candidates are working for labor and which aren't. My local's jurisdiction starts about the middle of Woodland, the county line, and it stretches to King County. And then it stretches from the King County line on the other side, north side. And stretches to Canada. That's my local union jurisdiction. Now we have 120 or 130 members that live in this jurisdiction that I'm in now in Vancouver area. And that's one of the reasons why I was able to join as a delegate to the Southwest Washington Labor Council. And from there I helped out by taking the sergeant at arms job and then now the presidential job. So that's how we got here.
1: Yeah. So you were a delegate to the Labor Council. What's involved with being a delegate?
0: As a delegate, you show up, you have a vote, you represent your local union. As you said earlier, thousands, well, it's more like 20,000 union members that we represent in the Southwest Washington Labor Council's jurisdiction. And every local that's a member of the council has so many delegates, and that is decided by how many members of the local that they have living in the area, because there's not very many of my members in this area. I think we only have two delegates, whereas like the nurses probably have fifteen if they wanted to have them because there's so many more nurses, and the teachers same thing there's more of them
1: so what do the delegates to the labor council? do i mean what's the role they play
0: well the role of a delegate is to come to the meetings
1: listening
0: to what's happening and then there'll be votes on how to proceed on different things that come up they're also there to support the other unions in the area the southwest washington labor council is a conglomeration of all the unions together and if there's a strike or a contract negotiation or something happens to a member in one of the other locals this is a group. Unions are a group of people gathering together to promote a furtherance of their craft or their trade. And this Labor Council is just that, except all the unions come together to fix problems or to help out politically or just support.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's that word that we keep hearing lately. Uh, solidarity, right? That's um, Right. You got the union workers standing together in solidarity, and you got the unions standing together in solidarity. That's true.
0: I tell you what, Harold, the most important decision I ever made in my life was to pay union dues. My father was a pipe fitter before me. My son's a pipe fitter after me. And the union has put food on my table. It has fed me, has gotten me through school, through high school, through the trades and into life. All the food that's been put on the table, me growing up, were all put there by union wages. Not every non-union job is a bad job. Not every person working non-union could get a better deal working for the union. There are some companies out there that treat their workers very, very well. And for them, if they are being treated well, they get all the conditions that we get as union members. They have all the safety training they get all of the benefits that we have, why would they need a union? But in 95% of the cases, that doesn't happen on the non-union side. The union has always been there for me. Every person has a different outlook on what they get out of the union. The union, you get out of it as much as you put into it, and that's everything,
1: not just the union. Now, you said earlier, you're a pipe fitter in that big, long list of jobs that UA26 covers. You're a a pipe fitter. Um, As a pipe fitter, how do you relate to someone who's in, say, the office workers union or the public employees union? I mean, you do different jobs.
0: We have an opi's in our office. That's what we use for our secretaries at the hall. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, Opies. Yeah, we have OP's in the office and as you know, multi-craft is different than uh, let's say a nurses union. The nurses is dealing with the hospital and each faction at the hospital has a negotiation with the hospital, but it's the hospital. Whereas the OP's you can work for a, a union or you can work for the state or you can work for, you know, the PUD There's a whole lot of different places that you work for, but each one has their own contract with the OPs.
1: So I guess what I'm asking is you're talking about nurses over here and you're a pipe fitter over there. How do you relate so that you can come together and help the labor council make decisions like you were talking about before? I mean, isn't there kind of a disconnect there in the type of jobs that you do?
0: Well, yeah, but... No. The union is there to help you with wages, working conditions, and uh, safety. That's what we're here to help you with, your wages, your working conditions, and your safety. A nurse who has to go to work and has to worry about one of her patients assaulting her or uh, having to lift more than she should, it's an amazing amount of nurses in this world, who are messed up because they were having to pick up a patient that was too heavy and they messed up their backs. And these are the kind of things that they talk about in their contract negotiations. There are different things that you have to negotiate about with different crafts, and uh, the working conditions for a pipe fitter aren't always the same as the working conditions for an opie or a uh, a nurse. But even so,
1: you've always got working conditions that the union has to help out with, whether you're a pipe fitter or a nurse or an office worker, right? right? They may not be the same, but all of us are looking out for each other to make sure we're safe in the workplace.
0: That's right. That's right. And you can look at the other unions when their contract comes up. You know, all these contracts are public. They're out there in the public. So if you're a nurse and the pipe fitters get something like a 401k or uh, something else that has to do with pay or working condition or safety, not to lift over 30 pounds, and they see it in our contract and they see that we got it, then the next time their contract comes up, they can say, well, hey, I want this in our contract. And it's a negotiating point.
1: So, hey, hold, hold, hold on now, Ray. You're saying that working people should look at what other working people have gotten and not necessarily say, hey, how come those highly paid so-and-so get this, but instead should actually just work to try and get that themselves in their That's job? That's right. That's what right. a concept.
0: That's one of the things that you, know, you look at, and these non-union people will put up memes about All the things that we get, and in my opinion, those are things that they should strive for. You know, they shouldn't be jealous of us for having them. They should go out and get them themselves. Better than that, we have an open-door policy. If you have the experience and the education needed, we will take you, whether you're a nurse or you're a laborer or you're uh, somebody that works as a secretary or a longshoreman. If you have the ability and the time in, we will take you. And right now is the time to join a union because when times are good, unions flourish. They grow. Times are bad. It's every man for himself. Now, I know that sounds strange coming from a union man, but that's just human nature. And there's nepotism in everything. And there's a good old boy network in everything. So the cream of the crop is always going to be the cream of the crop, no matter where you go. Yeah, that's just the way it is. Union people try to get away from that as much as possible, but I can't say it doesn't happen. And as I say, in good times, the union grows. In bad times, it declines. Right now, our economy is going to grow like it did right after the Second World War. Uh they're gonna inject a whole bunch of money into it. Should have been done a long time ago. It is happening right now. So there'll be plenty of opportunities. We don't have enough people to manage jobs we have union or non-union. So now is the time to organize and, and that's what we're trying to do. Our wages are going up really fast right now and it'd be hard for a non-union in my trade. It'd be hard for the non-union to match them I always tell a new apprentice or someone who's been organized in whenever I give them the oath at the hall, look, the people that we work for are rich. I mean, they got second houses. They got private islands. They got airplanes. They got, got giant mansions. Their kids go to Harvard university. They're driving around in really, really expensive cars. They got a lot of money. Now, The non-union guys, they have a lot of money, too. Now, usually, the non-union guys make about what we do on the check. Somewhere around there, maybe $10 or $12 less than on the check. But we have a total package. And uh, the total package is sometimes $20 or $30 more than the amount you're getting on the check. And that's what you actually make.
1: What do you mean, total package? Uh,
0: Insurance, uh, retirement, 401k, all the things that come out before you get your paycheck.
1: So you're saying that even if the non-union wage might be close to the union wage, and let's be honest, unions set the standard and everybody's in competition for labor. So you can see why they might be kind of close where the union difference really kicks in is in those benefits and it translates to real money. That's right.
0: And, uh, you know, as I tell these people coming in, look, whenever they put out a bid, now they're paying us $30 more to just use a number, $30 more than you're getting. That's what we're getting paid, $30 more. When that contractor that you work for goes and puts in a bid on that job, it's either this much lower, a small amount lower, or a small amount higher than the bid we get. Now, what happens to that $30 difference in pay? Where does that go? It goes into that guy's pocket. That's why I tell everybody that no matter how bad you think, that the person or the organization that you are working for, the company you're working for, the contractors you're working for, no matter how bad you think they are, they're a hundred times better than that non-union contractor. They have decided that they make enough money so they can pay us at least a decent wage. Now, sure, we get arguments uh, with them about they should pay us more. But the truth of the matter is, without them, we don't have a job. So, you know, uh, you have to hand it to the people you work with for being union. You have to appreciate them for being union because they don't have to. be.
1: That's. Again, I think a connection between unions like yours, building trades, unions, and other unions, whether you're talking about office workers, bus drivers, nurses, what have you, you have to have those people to have those jobs, but you also have to honor them for actually putting together a union contract and saying, yes, we're going to agree to these wages and working
0: conditions. Even the city who negotiates a contract with the fire department, the police department, people who uh, read the meters or go out and fix the county roads and all that. They have to negotiate with each one of those. But the city has to decide if they want a union to negotiate with. And not all cities have unions. I mean, I grew up in Texas. (laughs) Those cities didn't have unions. Whatever the city decided to pay you, Like the teachers, you know, they used to have a new crop of teachers come out of college every year. That's where tenure came from. We'll just hire new teachers and, you know, and whoever's related to the school board, they can stay. But the rest of the people are only good there for a couple of years until they want to raise and then they can go somewhere else. work. We'll hire somebody right out of college for a dirt cheap. Unions came along and they brought in tenure. That put a stop to that, you know, I I work here and if I make it five years, I've got tenure over somebody you're just hiring. You just can't hire somebody from the college every year to replace somebody who's been there for a while.
1: Yeah. And even in the public schools, you know, we had Michael Sanchez and March Hogan on the show a couple months ago talking about the teacher strikes in Southwest Washington last year. And. A lot of what they were talking about is that same idea of just respecting them as professionals, treating them like professionals, people who actually go to work and are dedicated to their jobs. Um, I think that's kind of universal in all jobs for all working people. And that's one of those fundamental things that unions are there to protect, right?
0: That's right. Just what you said. We've rounded the table. Back to that point that we started with 10 minutes ago about what a union is about.
1: The Labor Council has a bunch of representatives from the locals and they work together to do things. And now you're the president of the Southwest Washington Central Labor Council. So you get to have a say in what kind of stuff we're going to do. We got a whole year ahead of us here, Ray. What kind of stuff do you think you have planned for the Labor Council?
0: Well, we're going to interview candidates. We're going to make some recommendations. We're going to endorse some people. Probably going to give away some money.
1: It's definitely an election year. We've got to think about who we're going to vote for, right?
0: That's right. And then then we're going to have a dinner, an awards dinner. It may or may not. And we're in negotiations right now be in conjunction with Calix, uh, Central Labor Council up north. We're going to probably join with the Labor Roundtable and uh, do a one event instead of two. But, you know, that's yet to be seen too. All I know is right now, the tentative date is October 18th, I believe.
1: So that's in October. What about Labor Day? is the labor council going to do another labor day event we will probably be joining with owlets
0: to have a labor day picnic in kalama at the park
1: again that's a great location too if people have not been out to haydew park in kalama it's a fantastic location for a picnic you got Big green space. It's wide open, but you've also got a building inside where you can go in. If you folks have not joined the Kalitzwakayakum Central Labor Council and the Southwest Washington Central Labor Council at their Labor Day picnic, make it a point to put it on your calendar. It's a good time for the whole family.
0: And those are the only two events that I know of that we're planning for our Labor Council. There are always events coming up. There's a fishing day that is being put on. I don't know what the date of that is.
1: Yeah, the Klein Line Kids Fishing Derby, That's I think that I is. I think yeah.
0: And uh, there's other charities that are holding functions. If you come to the Southwest Washington Labor Council and you're a union member, you will be able to find out All kinds of events that different local unions are having. Our meetings are the first Wednesday of the month. And everyone who's a union member is welcome to attend. And if you have an event, you're not a union member, but it coincides with labor activities and you want to promote that. Or if you're running for office and you want the support of our labor council, you're also welcome to come. And we will give you a chance to address our meeting at the beginning. And then, after all of the guests have addressed the meeting, we will ask you to leave and we'll continue on.
1: So, wait, anybody can come to the Southwest Washington Central Labor Council's meetings. And if they're a union member, they can stay throughout the meeting, right? Right. So, what's the difference between any member of a union? in Southwest Washington, and a delegate to the council?
0: Well, a delegate gets to vote. Ah. And and they have a voice. Now, I am inclined to let just about anybody speak on just about anything. But there is a no voice, no vote for non-delegates. I am the president. I have the right to say. And if somebody comes in and disrupts the meeting and they're not a delegate, I will invoke the no voice, no vote on them. But uh, other than that, if somebody's got a good idea, I'm open to good ideas, but they don't get a vote. We do want everybody, you know, it's unions and we're all in this together. That's that's that word you said earlier today, solidarity. Unions, brothers and sisters fight, but it doesn't mean you don't love each other. And I've had to stand up there in front of my membership before and say, you know, you don't have to love your brother. You don't have to like him. But you have to respect your brother, your sister, your sibling. You have to respect them. They are unionist. And if they are in a union, you have to respect them as your brother or your sister. But like I said, I know a lot of brothers and sisters who do not talk. (laughs) But don't pick on one cuz that one that don't talk to the other one will come beat your ass.
1: Well, Ray, I know you don't have a lot of time tonight. Um anything else that you'd like the people listening to know?
0: As I said earlier, the best thing I ever did in my life was pay union dues and become a part of a union. You know, I'm a pipe fitter and, and it's a trade. And I went through the apprenticeship, and I got my card. My mother got sick and uh I took off and went and took care of her. When I left my job for three, four, five months, six months, whenever I was done taking care of my mother, I went and got on the list and then I went back to work at the same rate of pay I was making before. And almost all the unions we represent, it's that same way. You don't have to start back at entry level position when you change jobs, you have a trade. And you will be paid for that trade. Most other jobs in this life, I would have never been able to take off three, four, six months, go take care of my mother. And uh, that's what I told my kid when I got him in the union. So you know that's that's helped me through my life, got me where I'm at. I have a good retirement. I don't have to worry about growing old and not being able to take care of myself financially. That's all because of the union.
1: Well, I just love talking to you, Ray, and I know that the listeners are going to love listening to you. So thank you. Thank you, Southwest Washington Central Labor Council President Ray Connor.
0: Harold, anytime you want me to come and hang out with you on the podcast, I'm
1: I'm more than happy to do it. And thank you, working people, for joining us on another episode of Working to Live in Southwest Washington produced by the Southwest Washington Central Labor Council. Now, folks, like I said at the top of the show, the Southwest Washington Central Labor Council works for all working people in our region, maybe as many as 20,000 people. And they want to make sure that they're treated fairly in their workplaces with good wages and working conditions, whether they're a pipe fitter, a teacher, an office worker, or even a voice artist like me. That's why this podcast was recorded under a SAG-AFTRA collective bargaining agreement. Remember, working people, this is your show. We want to know what you want to hear on it. Email us at podcast at SWWACLC.org or find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at SWWACLC. And hey, while you're at it, don't forget to subscribe to this show and give us five stars or tighten the wrench on the pipe. I don't really know what pipe fitters do or whatever your podcast platform of choice gives you to let people know you like what we're doing here. One last thing, folks, you heard what Ray said earlier. The best decision he ever made was to start paying union dues. Now. A lot of bosses, when they try and stop a union from forming, they'll talk about those dues. They'll say, you could buy a new video game console with the amount you'd pay in union dues. You could take a vacation with the amount you pay in union dues. But think about what Ray was talking about. That idea of what's on the check the total package what's on the check that's your take-home pay that's what you get every month or every week or however often you're paid but there's this other thing called benefits and that's a lot bigger than just what's going in your bank account ray talked about retirement but there's a lot of other benefits there's health care There's legal aid. There are many things that unions can negotiate for the workers in a workplace. So before you listen to folks talk about how you shouldn't have to pay your union dues, just think about what those union dues are getting you. We'll see you soon.